What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Mike Egan. We uh, actually recorded this podcast in his hotel room uh, next to the convention center uh, for Comic-Con this year. He flew out from Pittsburgh to attend Comic-Con for the first time. He released a book and did an art show and, and released a new uh, toy. I don't even know if toy is the right word to use anymore. It's like these these like art sculptures, maybe. And then maybe that's too grandiose. I don't know. But he made some cool little skull figures uh, that are based on his paintings that he does of the of little skull bodies. I believe DK, DKE Toys is going to also release them through their website. So make sure you go um, check them out. They also are going to have his book as well. Uh, follow Mike at on Twitter at Egan1977. That's E-G-A-N-1977. So we sat down, we talked about Pittsburgh, one-night shows, the internet effect, chasing dragons, personality value, death, mortuary school, never dying, talking to dead people, 3D work, repeating figures, tattoos, art market, falling off, and again, DKE Toys, which um, just released all his stuff at Comic-Con this year. So, as always, make sure you go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com. You can click on the podcast link there. It'll give you some information about all the guests that have been on the show. Click on iTunes. Subscribe. You can rate the show. Go rate the show. If you like the show, all you guys that send me sweet, lovely messages, I totally appreciate it. If you just copied and pasted and posted them into the show rating, it makes it better in internet land. And then maybe we get some sponsors again. Haven't had any sponsors on the show, which is fine too, but... It's nice when the show gets uh, monetized because it makes it easier to do for some reason. Um, of course, I'll always do the show for free. And I appreciate everyone who's donated, which if you're interested in being a private sponsor, you can donate to the show via PayPal. The PayPal links are, are on the podcast page as well. So just click that and drop a nickel or a dime or whatever feels good. Um, so yeah. Uh, it was rad to talk to Mike. We It was unfortunately kind of like a shortened interview, and I feel like I babbled a lot. I smoked a joint before we did it, and I didn't. I hadn't smoked all day, so I got a little silly, I think. But it was a good talk. I, it was weird. It, you know when you, sometimes you meet people and it feels like uh, you've known them for a while? It, it was definitely a, a sense of that. Um and Mike kind of looked like somebody that I went uh, like I went to school, elementary school with too, which was weird, but obviously it wasn't him. Um, so yeah, with all that said, ladies and gentlemen, I'll stop fucking blabbering. Without further ado, Mr. Mike Egan. Well, I wish I was a cat swimming in a hole deep blue sea. I would have all you good-looking women. We're recording. It's official. Can you just run this thing? Do you mind? Can you just run the, the interview? <laughs> yeah. Tell you my whole story. All right, so this is weird. Usually, uh, 
I'm doing a Skype call right now. Right. So like the audience will always have like the <laughs> like the Skype thing, you know. <laughs> but we are actually for the listeners, we're actually in person. Yeah. Which uh fuck, I guess I guess I've known you for a few years via mm. the internet webs. MySpace. Facebook. Yeah, but we've never met before, so this right. is the first time meeting in person. Yeah. To be honest, I thought you were going to be a little bit more gothic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I left my my face paint off this time. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I wasn't because we we just met at Comic Con and we had right. to meet up at a booth. Yeah, uh, and I wasn't sure exactly. But you know what? Now that like I see you, I feel like maybe I have yeah. seen your picture before, but yeah. we've seen what you look like, right. but haven't connected it with yeah. the things that are made, uh-huh. which is always really funny, which is, is kind of nice about Comic-Con, is yeah. like you get to start putting some faces yeah. to uh, to imagery. Yeah, right. Um, so let's let's say who you are, I guess, Mr. Mike Egan. Mike Egan. Mike Egan. Yeah. You're in from Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, my uh, all my relatives are from Pittsburgh. No. It's well, that's where my mom and my dad were born there. Oh, okay. My grandparents and yeah. a majority of my aunts all okay. grew up in um, McKeesport. Oh, okay, yeah. Or uh, West Mifflin right. area. Yeah. Um, I was born here, though. Right. Uh, what part of, of Pittsburgh did you grow up? Uh, it's like the airport area, Moon Township, suburbs. Suburbs? Yeah. And the, the the downtown area is pretty rough, right? Pittsburgh has kind of a... I feel like there's a, a sort of a roughness to uh, it. Is that accurate? Besides certain the, sections, but... I guess the same for any city, right? It's, like, totally... Like, a lot of it's getting, like, you know, the whole gentrification. Like, Lawrenceville's, like, getting really cleaned up, and it's all, like, hipsters and... Yeah. Um... You know, it's weird how artists sort of spearhead those things, right? Yeah, right. right? Yeah. Like artists move into places where yeah. it's cheap rent. Yeah, there. I just had a big, like a kind of like a internet beef thing. Not even a beef, but like I started like in San Diego. There isn't a lot of support, uh-huh. like gallery wise, for like really supporting artists. Right, and people tend to put on these like one night shows that are typically really self serving and right. not about pushing an artist's career or right. like really like engaging something it's yeah. like just like so what we have here is like a lot of property owners in san diego like realtors and like uh landowners right. who are doing like these uh like one night shows in warehouses uh-huh. as a way to kind of promote the space and pretend that it's like artistic yeah right and i've actually done a few and got asked to do a few recently and was just uh, like no dude yeah like it, it seems like it doesn't benefit the artists, yeah, it doesn't. It's, are they selling the work? They try, but yeah. I mean, even then, like, okay, maybe some people sell a couple pieces, but yeah. that's not the same way that maybe a gallery builds relationships oh, with yeah, yeah. collector bases. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny on the show. I talk shit about galleries a lot. <laughs> not even talk shit, but just talk about the nature of it. Yeah. You know? So yeah. what? When did you start showing your work? What? Uh, what led you to? I mean, what led you to here? Um. I think 2006, I think. I mean, I had done, I mean, I, I went to a college at Edinburgh, which is uh, 20 minutes south of Erie in Pennsylvania. Um, so I, you know, I did some, like, university shows and stuff. Yeah. But um, the first time I, like, did paintings, I think, was 2006. Uh, a buddy of mine put together a group show in Pittsburgh, and... Um, yeah, I think I sold like three pieces like the opening night. Oh, nice! It was kind of like holy. That's crap. a weird feeling, yeah, right? Right? Yeah, it's like so. Like I guess this is 
kind of good. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think you know with the whole MySpace boom, I think that helped sure. out a lot. You know, starting to get like my images out. It's there. funny you say that because I've been thinking a lot how it hurt a lot of artists too. Yeah, like the the. How I, you know, I always promote the, the use of the internet and being able to promote yourself and like yeah. how we're able to communicate in a different way. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but what it did to artists who were working before the internet, right? Like it, <laughs> it created an influx of artists that were, yeah. you might not be as good as somebody else, but right. if you get your image on the right website or in right. the right in the right environment, yeah. Then it it benefits you, and yeah. that sort of it flooded the the pool a right. little bit. Like the jig pool got flooded, yeah, yeah. and not only that, but like you know, there's like those masters, like those really good fuckers that yeah. they're like, damn it, you could just be still hidden in your grandma's <laughs> fucking basement or whatever the fuck. Yeah, right. But now because you got the internet, yeah. you get to get that shit out there, and it's, yeah. it makes it a, a bigger challenge yeah. on some levels, right? Plus, well, yeah. Plus you have. A lot of people that just want to take your shit and yeah. um, just use it for themselves and that's I just <laughs> I just talked about that idea like because I've been using a song repetitively oh, on yeah. the opening of the podcast uh-huh. <laughs> that like I feel like I need to send dude like ten bucks yeah. or something yeah right like I only use like a snippet of it and yeah. I, but I the thing is, is I don't give credit too so oh, like okay. that makes me feel like even bigger of a douchebag. Yeah. If I use the intro song for Blockhead, it's Blockhead. Oh, okay. <laughs> but no, I need to, like, send dude a check. Just, like, send him, like, 50 bucks. Yeah. Like, I'm going to use 10 seconds of this opening part of your song <laughs> for just every intro to my show. Because it sounds so much like an intro to a yeah. podcast. Yeah. I like it. So, do you get, like, that buzz from the first sales? Did you get, like, hit with the bug? Like, oh, oh yeah. Or, like, the junkie who takes the first hit? You're like, oh, yeah. I gotta fucking chase that dragon. Yeah, again. definitely, yeah. yeah. It's just, like, kind of, like, nonstop now. It's, like... Because that's a weird step, right? From, like, I'm sure you made things before your yeah. very first art show. Uh-huh. And you showed your friends or you showed your parents. And yeah. people were like, that's cool. And then yeah. you put it back in the closet or, yeah, right? like, in the box uh-huh. of drawings that you yeah. have or whatever. <laughs> but now it's a totally different thing when it all of a sudden becomes... Yeah. marketable there's right. like a price yeah. attachment to it yeah. even if you put it even before you sell something you could say something's worth a million dollars until you sell it for a million dollars once you do it's like yeah. that like the train starts it's like oh where is this fucking thing <laughs> yeah. gonna start yeah. or how, stop how even. much more money can I get for my painting and how, <laughs> yeah you know how fast and then it kind of just gets to a point where it's like how fast can I paint you know yeah, yeah. it's like it's like almost like you're trying to mass produce hand hand crafted sure. artwork and what's funny is that that there's ebb and flows in that yeah so like having worked for the last 15 years i've seen it yeah like where i was making a painting a day right painting every six hours right to like a painting every six weeks yeah you know <laughs> like there's weird yeah. you know and of course it depends on what type of work you're making how right. it, how it plays out like mm-hmm. you know you can get to a point where you're able to bang things out fast or, yeah. you know, like, an idea may just take a while. Right. Like, you know, like, sometimes stuff just sits on the shelf. Yeah. Like, you start something oh, and yeah. get, like, it feels like you're going to get somewhere yeah. Yeah. and it just sits there for yeah. a while. Yeah. So those are kind of fun, too, where you have to, you know, don't worry about it. But that's, you, you bring up another good point about, like, commerce. Like, right. okay, I'm selling these things to make a living. Right. The faster you can produce, right. the more likely you are to make money. Right. But then you get, like, the problem of, like, the 
the like moral value of the art. Like, <laughs> it's, like it's funny. Whenever I do commissions, people ask. They're like, "Okay, cool. Just whenever you're finished or whatever." I was like, right. I'll, "I'll have it in three weeks." Yeah, you know. And they're like, yeah. "No, no, no! Don't rush." Yeah, I was like, well, "Yeah, don't tell me that." I rush you. everything. <laughs> there is, and it's not so much. It's about efficiency, right? Right. You know, just figuring out the. The smoothest path between A and B, right? Yeah. So, what were some of your what was some of your uh, sort of stumbles or like what to figure out those things? Do you remember like some of like the issues that you came up or like roadblocks or like problems or maybe like the the easiness of it? Even if, um, well, I think you know, I think with starting out with like every artist, it was like you know, how do you reach out to galleries and. Um, you know, they're constantly uh-huh. emails and yeah. rejections and, um, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been thinking about re trying to communicate with galleries recently yeah. uh-huh. and it seems daunting. It yeah. feels like the beginning again right. on some level. Yeah. It's email after email. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. It's a lot of social media now. Yeah. Um, that's a big thing about the art world too is the, it, how social of a game it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it. It's more often like who you know and who you're friends with. Yeah. That gets you a foot in the door a yeah. lot of times. Yeah. It's like Or you have to be a badass. Like if you're a badass you can probably get your foot in most doors. Right, yeah. But who there aren't that many badasses in the world. There's most of us have to work. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah. yeah. If anything, it's just nonstop um producing work <laughs> and, and putting it out there. Would you suggest it to anybody coming up as a youngster? Um, yeah, but I mean I just, I don't know, I just see so many kids that, younger kids that think they're hot shots, that uh-huh. just, I don't know, they think that just because, like, they're a good artist, um, that there's no sort of work ethic to be involved with that. Yeah. And it's, like, the exact opposite. You know? Well, it's funny, <laughs> we just came from the David Cho signing that they were doing for, at the Juxtapose booth before yeah. we came up here. And he's somebody who I'd like to ask about. And I'll ask you too. Is that since we're talking about this, is like the level of personality that right. goes into uh, an artist's career? Like, oh, yeah. I've been thinking about like if we were to put it in percentages, like how much of it is the actual work? Like, uh-huh. make a percentage. Yeah. How much of it is personality? Right. How much of it is like what's a, the pie chart of being a successful <laughs> artist? You know, like I've been trying to think of like how that would look. Yeah. And I feel like personality is a huge chunk of it. Sure. And what's interesting is, and I think about this a lot, like, in terms of, like, what we put out on social media, uh-huh. like, how much of that dictates what people perceive our personalities as. Yeah, right. Which is funny, like, how I, I was like, you were supposed to be goth yeah. or whatever, Because you, know? you use a lot of, like, death imagery yeah, and, yeah, and skulls, yeah. and there's a lot of, like... Death yeah. is a pretty much a, a, the main subject, I right. guess, to a certain yeah. extent. Plus that was a, a Whether that has metaphorical things for other meanings or whatever, right. you know. But I, I think on the surface level, right, that's a main focus, right? Yeah. Is, um, is there any reasoning? Well, or, I, I was um, after after fine art school. Um, when I was in college, I focused on printmaking, uh-huh. a lot of woodblock cuts yeah. and stuff. Um, when I got back home, like, I didn't have the facilities to do any of that. Yeah. So, I ended up kind of working, like, a bunch of 
odd jobs, and then I decided to go to Mortuary School in Pittsburgh. Oh shit! They have like one of the total creep. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they they have one of the best mortuary schools in the country. So, um, with my with my bachelor's degree, I only had to go to school for a year, and then I did an internship at a funeral home, and um, started embalming bodies. So, so let me ask you this: Do you have a disconnection? from death on a certain level do, do you uh, have to to be able to exist in that environment yeah definitely when you're working like non-stop like that um yeah you definitely gotta joke around and um kind of be very lighthearted because it was just yeah so it much. feels like one of those jobs that could be um like post-traumatic stress yeah They're like hey well cops have to like yeah. have to face yeah mortality right on a daily basis yeah. it's something that you know, a lot of people aren't comfortable in. Yeah. You know, I feel like artists in general, I I have a tendency to generalize it and sort of make it a, a broad spectrum that all artists are exactly like me. But right. I know that I make things on some level to make myself live for longer than this vessel of oh, mine yeah, definitely. knows how to. Yeah, you want to kind of live forever. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a, a part of me, like it's almost like by making things, like, a part of me goes into them. Right. You know, it sounds kind of hippy-dippy to say that, but yeah. it feels like my hand is in there. Well, so, like, sure. There's definitely DNA in there yeah. sometimes, you oh, know? Yeah, like, definitely. I've, I've definitely put hair and yeah. paint and uh-huh. bled on things yeah. and cried on them <laughs> and shit. So, like, there's definitely a DNA aspect yeah. to it, you know? Like, my yeah. fingerprints are in there right. to a certain extent. So, like, for me, that makes me... It's almost like a fear of death. Right. So it's like, here's all this stuff that I'm making just in case I die tomorrow. Even yeah. like this podcast, dude. Yeah. Which I don't like to say it because right. it sounds morbid. Yeah. But I think about like, well, what if, you know, we never know when we're going to die. I might right. fucking die right now. Yeah. You might be getting ready to take uh. me to the mortuary. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> no uh, but you know, like if that were the case, there is hundreds of hours of my opinions and who I was. Yeah. And everybody else who's also been on the show. Like, yeah, right. For me, and, you know, I don't want to make, I'm, I seem to be making this interview about me. I no, no, no. It's okay. But, like, on the topic, yeah. Uh, like, even doing the ideas of portraits, uh-huh. like, creating portraits of people, yeah. that feels like I make them live in a new dimension yeah. for a longer period of time. Uh-huh. So, with your work, it feels like there wouldn't be that fear necessarily yeah or is it is it greater because of your of having to face those things every day like for us that for people who aren't in that type of industry right you're not really facing death on a regular basis it might be in your peripheral vision but it's not like a part of your modern reality yeah so does that work come out of like does it come out of fear? Does it come out of like a realization? Is it or is it there? Is there a level of comfort for you? I think you? it's a little bit of both. I mean, yeah, I, I'm definitely like, I definitely have a fear of dying. I mean, like, sure. I hate being in cars and I hate like <laughs> airplanes are the worst. Yeah, you know, I just don't like doing that stuff. So I think definitely a little bit of the death and the coffins and all that stuff in my work is representative of that you know yeah it's coming out in that way um but uh, it also is is definitely from um my my time spent funerals yeah too you don't do that anymore though right no yeah that's kind of like that was kind of a good starting point for how old were you 
Um, that was, I think I was 26, 25, 26 when I did that. I did that for like five years. Yeah. But, um, they, that was kind of like the, the main reason why I started painting like what I do now though, because I was always on call. Like I had to work like Thursday from 9 a.m. I was on call all Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I was done it Monday at five. Yeah. So between that time, I was on call 24 hours a day. So I couldn't go out. Like I was always just waiting for my yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. At three o'clock in the morning, I had to get up and put a suit on and go pick people up and embalm them. So oh, man. did you ever watch that show Six Feet Under? Oh yeah, love it was it. on. That yeah. show was great, right? Great, love it. Yeah, um, I wanted to go back and go get all the DVDs. Yeah, and go watch it again. Oh yeah, definitely. It's so much fun. Um, but that was kind of like the reason. Did you start talking to dead people? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's gotta be. <laughs> such a, I mean, being put in that environment is such a strange place. Yeah, and. You know, I don't know how, how much, how on or how true it is, but I know for some people that there's there's some thought that the brain lives long after yeah. the body has uh, actually, yeah. like the heart has stopped and stuff. Yeah. So on some level, it feels like there may be some electric yeah. work still going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. weird because yeah. you know you start dealing with like suicides and uh-huh. um, you know like pretty bad car accidents. Let me ask you this. Do those feel different than uh, the elderly yeah. or like maybe yeah. like cancer patients? Or yeah, definitely. It's definitely like very dark, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's amazing what, you know, how they look when they come in compared to, you know, all done up in their yeah. basket, you yeah. know, hair all done. And I did, I did like makeup and stuff too. Now, was it... More was it uh, religious people? Like, because it seems like more often than not now, people are being cremated. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. I think for me, the idea of even viewing right. the deceased in a box right. feels extremely morbid yeah. in and of itself. It's weird, yeah. and I've never actually seen a, a funeral like that. I've only been to wakes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I've never even experienced a, a funeral on that level. Right, and actually, I. I watched my stepfather die from cancer three oh. years ago. Oh, yeah. And that was really the first time seeing death happen. Yeah. Which, like, watching somebody take their last breath, especially from dying from cancer, which is a, a different sort of animal in and of itself. Like, right. The la- like, being in hospice for four days, you know? Yeah. And watching, it's very, it's very, I feel like in those moments we can't, we be there, we gain a certain psychic ability yeah it's really weird in in those types of grieving moments yeah like i saw this woman um a girl like my age Uh whose mom was dying in one of the rooms next door yeah and we walked it might make me cry if i just say i hope i don't (laughs) cry uh when we walked out like i looked at her and like i could like see her like I she was talking to me right like with her facial expressions like yeah. I could she was almost like and it, it almost felt like she like I'm looking like I'm getting goosebumps just saying yeah. talking about it like it was like she was communicating something to me with uh-huh. just her face and yeah. I could read her completely like yeah. I knew exactly what she was going through right like and it was almost as if I jumped inside of her brain yeah and we had some type of like physical not physical but like uh some type of emotional connection right that 
I don't think I've had otherwise. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of emotion and interesting ideas attached to that, especially it seems like coming from an outside perspective. So I don't know if you're necessarily dealing with families and being able to like it almost feels like you would need to keep yourself separated from the grief yeah. of, of of a grieving family. But if right. you're in a funeral home right. and you're setting up yeah. those things, I guess on some level you will have eventually deal with the family. But I guess it's hard. I guess it's easier if it's post the work that you guys have to do yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. God, yeah. it freaks me I, out. That's why I didn't I didn't really like doing like the um like meeting with families and making arrangements. Yeah, it feels like know. you would need to keep separate. I just wanted that. to be like in that embalming room, like doing like the more scientific stuff. Yeah, that's what I was into. But did you come out of that background where you sort of science minded? Was it? Uh-uh. No, you not just at all. Fell into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It was like a tough. It's weird to have that. those things happen, right? That sort of have. Yeah. It may not dictate who you are, or like right. what you've been, but yeah. it it stuck with you to a certain extent. But yeah, and I definitely think that that like. You, know, you feel like you're still processing it? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it almost... I think a lot of people identify me, like, with that, even, like, being as a painter. You know, now, like, let me oh, ask yeah. you this. Do you feel like you get too attached to it now? Do you have a feeling like it's hard for you to like separate it's, yourself it's like it's from it? it's my niche kind of thing with the art? Um, I don't think so. Because, I mean, even, like, with the... You know, with the, the show we did here for Comic-Con, uh-huh. you know, we did that <laughs> Death Goes Pop. Yeah, um, it was fifty pop icon um, characters that I did that were like all Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, right. Stuff. Yeah. So like, that was totally like this. This show, I think, was the first thing that I did was like totally on like didn't have skeletons and blood and all that stuff. Oh, and cool. it really, I mean, did it feel like refreshing to yeah, you? Yeah, it was awesome. It, it was like, so fun. A little vacation. You know? Yeah, it was, it was. It was great. And it's like okay now. I'll probably get a ton of commissions out of it, you uh-huh. know, like do like other stuff. So, um, I definitely think I'll probably be doing more more stuff like that in yeah. the future. But I don't think the skulls and the devils and everything are going to go away yeah. anytime soon. I well, don't. that's a, that's an interesting thing that I you know I talk about that on the show a lot, like how um, there's groups of artists that are able to use reoccurring imagery, right? That plays through in the work and uh-huh. keeps telling stories. Do you yeah. find it's do you find a, a difficulty or even an ease in placing these these figures into new contexts? Yeah. And um, yeah, because I'm always you know I don't want to keep making the same painting over sure, and over again. Right. You know. Um, even though I always say that we <laughs> always are. Yeah. Right. No matter what, we're just putting <laughs> brush strokes on boards right. or canvases, yeah. and it really is the same painting yeah. over and over again. Yeah. It just looks a little yeah. different, or different has some different colors, <laughs> some different imagery, <laughs> but it's all like brush to board. Yeah. It's, it's um, a long run. It's all the same one large painting. <laughs> but yeah, you don't want to you you like to challenge yourself. Yeah, I definitely want to like you know. I kind of want to take those skulls, the skeletons, and put them into different backgrounds. And, um, you know, I'm constantly, you know, adding beards and, and doing, like, big hats. And mm-hmm. um, I kind of want to get more into kind of doing more detailed pattern work. Yeah. With, like, shirts and stuff like that. So, and then I'm starting to do masks now. I'm doing, like, wolf wolf masks on on the skeletons uh-huh. so have you ever thought about going through i mean you make three-dimensional work so you do like uh 
resin and like vinyl toys and uh, that sort of thing. Those I just designed those. Those are actually produced in Japan. Yeah, but um, I, yeah, yeah. Oh but yeah, your work is being made into those things. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, so three dimensional objects are an yeah, interest too. Yeah, definitely. Um, and even I'm doing like hand painted coffins and um, uh-huh. like wooden blocks and stuff. Yeah. So I'm always trying to find like something new to to do to kind of like challenge myself. Um, I've kind of just been recently like been searching eBay for old wooden toys. Oh really? Like wooden blocks and stuff. You know where you can find that stuff too is um, at thrift stores. Oh yeah. Uh, like the ones that we have here, there's always like the dollar section, uh-huh. like brick a brick, and yeah. you could always find like weird old like Hawaiian like yeah. um, what's it? It's a monkey pod wood. Uh, okay. Like weird little monkey pod yeah. sculptures and yeah. shit. So you're trying to like refurbish them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. New yeah. things. Yeah. That'd be cool to make masks. Yeah. For them and shit. Yeah. Um, I was actually um, gonna try to start making my own um, like you know the old like. Those like Ben Cooper, um, like the old plastic Halloween mask. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to like start maybe doing like vacuum. Like yeah, like yeah. Vacuum the full, the vacuum yeah. seal forms. Yeah. So um, you can like find out like online how to. I do feel this. like I had a Big Bird one. <laughs> the full Big Bird yeah. with the plastic uh, beak. Yeah. Like the so, full the face mask. Yeah. So that'd be like super fun to like make my devils and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, like, yeah. Vacuum form that. I could see that bearded devil. Yeah. It'd being be like so that. fun. So, you're also heavily tattooed. Yeah. When did, uh, you're pretty uh, cut. How old are you, did you say? 36. 36? Yeah. Uh, you been getting tattooed for a while? 21. Yeah. My first one. Yeah, I started at 20. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've got a lot of remakes and stuff to do and... What, uh, when did you start? What was the first, first tattoo? Uh, it was actually like a Celtic. Alright, so let's, since people can't see you here, <laughs> I think we should say that three quarters of your right arm uh-huh. was covered in solid black. Yep. Which, goddamn, that must have hurt like a bitch. Yeah. Having that much coverage. Uh, I think it was like four sittings, about three hours each. Oh my god. It was a nightmare. Completely covered, but, I mean, you know, to heal a full arm of black. Yeah. It's it's never going to be completely solid. I know, but it's about yeah. as solid as yeah, yeah, as possible. It's a good job. I still have a few. few parts. Mean, can you see the tattoos through the uh, black? Only on the elbow. Really. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little bit, but um, a little bit. Of skin. You just have to keep keep blasting away at it. Yeah. No. Do you have to do more sessions? Um. Yeah, I'll probably do that elbow again, and then maybe like on this wrist here. There's a few spots, Ooh. and then um, I'm eventually probably going to go in to do like white line work. Over this? Oh yeah, yeah. How so, do you think that's gonna hold up? Um, I think you're probably gonna have to do probably two to three sittings on each, you know, piece. You think it'll go over? Yeah, like yeah. it'll be like a gray. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll look pretty awesome. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody do that. Yeah, I've seen a few. I've seen a few online, and, and they look pretty good. Because I was saying before we came up that I I know um, three or four people in my lifetime who have had. Similar, just full blacked out arm. Uh-huh. And the last one that I knew, uh-huh. um, the guy who had tattooed the fellow uh-huh. on his arm, uh, fucked his girlfriend. That's my story. Is that the same? <laughs> yep. Is that really your story too? Uh, yeah, my ex-wife. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It was so weird. And that was like 10 years ago probably the, yeah. when I was, I was in the tattoo scene. Yeah. And he's done a lot of work on me, so... Um, 
So the tattoos that you covered were oh, not was... necessarily about the ex-wife, but were... No, no it was just all his work. So, oh, that's then, even worse. I've got friends that are going to kind of redo and black out even more his work on me, so gonna be a long that's a, and that's a, I guess a pretty recent that's pretty recent then um, I don't want to I don't know if I don't want to delve too oh, much no, into your okay. personal life um, no it's fine uh, even that, though I am interviewing you about was, your personal <laughs> life <laughs> um, that was like last year like yeah because I feel like I, I saw some of your posts that yeah. maybe had some reference to that yeah I was very open about that online Sure. Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah. I feel like um, it's almost like our diaries now. Yeah. Yeah. You got to like, vent. It's and, your uh, hist- It's like you're writing your own history out. Yeah. That you'll be able to go back. Yeah. And I bet you'll be able to go back and look at your tweets from that time period <laughs> oh, and yeah. feel so much better about it. Like yeah. five years down the line, three years, or whatever down the line. Oh yeah. I'm like I'm totally cool with it now. You know. Yeah. I mean, if that's the kind of person she's gonna be, then I'm glad I'm not married to her. How long were you married for? Only ten months. Oh boy. Yeah. So, how long were you together before that? Uh, two years. So it was three years total. Um, I've been with my girlfriend for 12 years. Yeah. We're still not married. Oh, wow. But I call her my wife, though. Yeah. I don't know. I'm dating a like, super, super awesome girl now. So, yeah, Brad. Um, and she's very supportive of me. And um, so I guess, you know, it's like one of those things happen for a reason. I know. It things, sucks so you know. much to say that because it, it has so many, like... Destiny implications. Mm, yeah. But some, you know, I say it on the show all the time that I've learned from my stupid. Yeah. And, like, my mistakes that I make yeah. are what give, gives me my, like, good qualities. Like, yeah. yeah. You learn from all that bad shit. Oh, yeah. It just sucks going through the bad shit. Oh, it's shit a nightmare. Yeah, it's like that in the thick of it. three months of just brutal, I just want to kill somebody, you know, <laughs> like... Yeah, but um, I don't know. I got a lot of good artwork out of that thing. You yeah, know, like, that's the uh, the. So, that's funny too to think about. Like I've been thinking about that. You know, before I met my wife, you know, like I was going through a string of bad relationships uh-huh. and like being heartbroken and like thinking how those emotional breakdown moments, yeah, like created a bunch of the early work. Yeah, like, right. I can go through sketchbooks and be like, oh, <laughs> there's that sad guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it all like. It does. It seems like it just it sets you up, mm-hmm. but you just never know when the new setup yeah. is up, and then the bowling pins fall, yeah. and then you're set up again. Yeah, you just can never predict that yeah. fucking shit. Yeah. So now it's like I'm kind of just back to other, like I'm not doing like I was doing like a bunch of like women with like these kind of Pinocchio noses. They were yeah. all like liars and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, dudes with like their throats cut and stuff, right. but um, yeah, now I'm kind of just back to myself. Like, and you know, there's some therapy to that too, right? Oh, definitely. Like, you almost get to act out those things yeah. in those moments while you're making it. Yeah. I um, I got accused of hitting my friend's dog once. Oh wow. Which was a total accident thing, but yeah. uh, so she had uh, two pit bulls that oh. had began acting up and like being aggressive right. towards uh, the customers in our shop. Okay. And it was in a gallery. Uh-huh. And at some point, I saw the dog barking at this old man who usually came through. Uh-huh. And I snuck up behind it and clapped my hands really uh, loud. Yeah. And the dog jumped like it had <laughs> like it had got hit, right? Oh, yeah. And the person who was holding it had their back to me. So it almost sounded like I smacked it in the ass. Oh, but man. it was just like me clapping my hands yeah. really loud. Uh-huh. Because I wanted to get the dog's attention on me yeah. as opposed to 
possibly attacking an old man. Right. Which probably wouldn't have happened anyway. I may have been, like, slightly overreacting. Yeah. But, you know, just to be safe, it felt like the person who was taking care of the dog wasn't... It wasn't the owner. Right. You know, it was, like, a caretaker at the day, at the time of day. Uh-huh. And I felt like they may not have full control of the situation. So I went over there to help out, right? Uh-huh. Well, after that, everybody went behind my back and started uh, saying, oh, my kid's a dog, my kid's a dog. <laughs> like, I'm a fucking dog yeah. beater. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have my own dog tattooed, like a portrait tattooed of my dog. On yeah, my right. Head. Yeah. And so, what were we talking about? Artwork, right using artwork as, like, therapy. Okay, yeah, 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 thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, so, after that happened, like, I felt really pissed. Like, I got confronted, and I was like, fuck all of you. Yeah, right. I was fucking getting that dog in line like none of you fucking assholes were. Yeah. And now I'm getting accused like I'm a dog. Uh-huh. Leader, right? So I felt really bad about yeah. it, you know? Uh-huh. And actually it was, I, my show was opening that night. Uh-huh. So like I was like expected to have like this great night and yeah. here like, here's all my friends talking shit. Like yeah. I, I'm a dog beater. Right. That night I went home and painted a portrait of the dog with a yeah. black eye. Uh-huh. You know, like I kicked the shit out. I was like, okay, yeah. you're going to fucking look at me like that? Yeah, right. Then I'm going to be this fucking guy. Yeah. And in doing so, and I had no, I, I liked the dog. I right. hung out every day. Like uh-huh. it, you know, it was not. It was nothing about the actual dog. Yeah, right. It was just the emotion I felt after being yeah. accused or put into a certain emotional environment. Right. That I was like, okay, this is going to make me feel better instead of me punching all my friends in the face. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. And so I could see the same thing. You know, yeah. like that you get a, an a, an emotional release or some sort of therapeutic moment to yeah. kind of deal with that shit yeah yeah definitely um, without actually having to go kill somebody yeah yeah, yeah you just sit there and weigh your options yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's plenty of rivers to dump bodies yeah. in in Pittsburgh yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's some serious bodies down floating oh, I'm sure. somewhere in those yeah. fucking nasty things yeah <laughs> I hear a lot of old stories from my mom and my dad about like like all the old steel mills and how much yeah. pollution and how funky that city was yeah Fucking gnarly. Yeah, I haven't been back in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Um, it's a good city for artists as far as, like, it's so cheap. Yeah. I, you know, I, you can get a house for, like, 70, 70 grand, yeah. you know, so, um, you know, it's cheap, but um, I don't know if the gallery seems weird. I mean, there's, yeah. not, there's not a whole lot. Yeah, you're not really hearing a lot about the gallery scene on Juxtapose. No, not in like, <laughs> That's, you know, we find the same thing here. Like, it's hard even in San Diego. Like, yeah. being in the shadow of Los Angeles and San Francisco. Right. And the fact that there isn't a lot of galleries. That's the biggest thing. Is like, there has to be a lot of galleries. Right. Showing a lot of different artwork from right. a lot of different artists from all over the world. Yeah. Have to be doing it regularly and selling. Yeah. So the public who's in those cities also have to be supporting on some level. Even yeah. though it always seems like everything that gets sold in a gallery gets bought from some other state or some other country. Yeah, right. Yeah. Almost all the time. It's like yeah. why? It feels like why the fuck are we even? Do we even have these brick and mortar galleries? No, I think about that all the time. And why are we giving these assholes fifty percent? Right. All the time. And I'm paying to ship it out there. Yeah. 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 That's why I'm kind of like focusing more on like online stuff like you know doing so my, I've been my, doing the same thing but that's what I was talking about before like it yeah. feels like I, f- I should still have more gallery relationships yeah. like I did like yeah. I really focused on that around like 2005 right 2008 hit and like we had the big like uh, depression or whatever like the big mm-hmm. market drop and yeah. everything went sour for it seems like till like now right 
that it became really difficult to try to sell things yeah. in 2008. Right. You know? I've always, um, well, I guess, you know, with my work, like, like we were talking about, like, as far as, like, the amount of work that I do, like, I feel like it's better for me to keep my prices a little lower. Yeah. So then I can just produce more. Yeah. And then just kind of make up my money that way. Which, I've done the same thing. Yeah. I don't know if it works or not. Like, it feels like... It's interesting. I feel like my collector base is, a like, a working class, like... Right. Where they... It's... Even for affordable art, it's, like, they're splurging. Right. You know, oh, like, yeah, yeah. they really have to go out of pocket to, yeah. like, be able to afford Six, some seven, eight hundred dollars. Which feels know. good, you know, right? Like, yeah. when somebody who maybe isn't as able to afford it, right. like, really goes for it and is, yeah. like, wants to support that much. Right. But at the same time, like... If you want to really make a big, like, get the big dough, yeah, yeah, right. you have to go big. There's no <laughs> other way. Yeah. And then you're excluding all those people who are at least been supportive for right. a period of time, you know, yeah. like, as you come up. Like, yeah. it's a weird, it's a weird spot. Like, there's always, like, steps in this art know, world right? pyramid. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out still. Yeah, it almost feels like it's nicer to stay on that middle keel yeah. sometimes. You're still making your money and... Yeah, it's hard to say, like... Even, like, once you get up in those upper echelons and you start to get, like, weird fame. Like, right. even that is, like, there's a level of stress to that. Oh, yeah. Like, to get hassled all the time. Like, yeah. I feel like we all want it and we all kind of don't want it like at Shepherd the same Ferry, time. you know. Yeah. Like, I used to like his work, but then... I was his uh, assistant yeah. for two years, so yeah. I was, like, I was in there before, like, all... He was famous exactly. then, but, like, yeah. now I can't even it's imagine. crazy. Yeah. yeah. But, like, but yeah. do we want to get that? Is that... It, do you ever think of like the end game? Like, um, do you have expectations or you know, not even just, expectations, but maybe like possible goals? You know, yeah. if you like say you want to be the best artist in the world, or you're the, like the most famous or the most wealthy. I don't. I don't want to do the, that. The shit gets douchey. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But I don't want to take a few more steps up. You know, I don't want to like continue to just have to keep. Grinding. grinding it yeah. out you know for the next whatever how long i you know this is gonna last but um it's forever i think i hope i think it's forever yeah i hope <laughs> but a lot of people <laughs> fall off dude yeah it's been scary. in this game for a long time it's i've scary. watched a lot of people come and go yeah it's scary and that and what i've been thinking is like well maybe do they even go anywhere yeah or do they just kind of get off the the maybe, public yeah. spectrum yeah yeah that's true too there's Hard a lot of say. like even like you know like actors and musicians where it's like well, where the hell did they go yeah what happened like, they're just then? like doing like what they like you know they end up becoming like producers or something uh-huh. and they're still doing a lot of stuff this is behind the scenes type stuff yeah but, it almost feels like this podcast is kind of like one of those things too yeah where I can kind of still be in the industry but take a little sidestep out where right. I don't have to be involved yeah like artistically yeah. to a certain extent yeah but still be I mean I'm obviously still doing things but yeah, you know, to, not to, and it's not like a retirement thing, right? <laughs> just like a, like a side venture, still in the same industry. Yeah, because it, it's weird. Like, there's only so many galleries. There's only so much wall space. Right. There's only so many blog posts that you, you know. It's, yeah. And with the amount of people, like we see it. Look how many fucking people are at Comic Con right now. Yeah. We're at Comic Con. Have we said mm-hmm. we're at Comic Con? Uh, I, I guess we made it. <laughs> we are at San Diego yeah. Comic Con. <laughs> Luckily, I, I really didn't think I was going to get a pass, but yeah. I'm in now. Uh-oh. So, um, what's what's planned while you're here? You you're you're signing at the what's the name of the booth? DKE Toys. Obviously, this won't be out in time for people to come see you. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm working with DKE with um, 
I have a new new vinyl toy um, that was released to the devil. Um, kind of coincides with the skeleton that I released last year. Uh-huh. Um, then I did um, kind of a little mini art show. It was called Death Goes Pop. It was uh, 50 pop icon paintings. And then all of those paintings were turned into a book. That we oh, have cool. Here. And that book will be available through... DKE or uh, we have a limited to a hundred here at Comic Con, and then we will be selling more afterwards. What about the toys? Are you gonna? Are, will those the uh, figures? Will those go up? Yeah, the, the, those, those, will, those will also go up too. Yeah, you know? nice. yeah. I'll have uh, a very limited run of myself, and then we'll we'll be doing more colorways and stuff too. Awesome. So. And uh, if people want to find your stuff, they, you're on the Twitter. Uh, Twitter, it's Egan1977. Uh, Instagram, it's Mike77Egan. I don't know if I follow you on the Instagrams. I'll find you. Okay. And, and uh, my website is EganPaintings.com. Okay, nice. Is there anything else you want to get out there? We got about 40 minutes. Oh, I'm by fast, okay, right? Cool. Just yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, since we're in person, we can do right. real life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mike, for taking the time to shoot the Thank show. Thank you. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Cold-blooded old times. Cold-blooded old times. Cold-blooded old times. The type of memories that turn your bones to glass. Turn your bones to glass Mother came rushing in She said we didn't see a thing We said we didn't see a thing And father left at eight Nearly splintering the gate Cold-blooded old time Cold-blooded old times Cold-blooded old times Cold-blooded old times The type of memories that turn your bones to glass Turn your bones to glass